stand up as we read the word of God for us this morning. Ezekiel chapter 22, Ezekiel 22 verses 30 and 31. You can follow along with your Bibles as I read this passage. Ezekiel 22 verses 30 and 31. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you again, pleading, Lord, begging you, O Lord, to give us not only an awareness of your message, but also an understanding of what you're going to teach us, O Lord. Not only for the fathers in this building, but all of us, O Lord. Because all of us are people whom you call, also, Lord, to stand in the gap. Help us, Lord, to understand what this really means and how we can apply this into our life, O Lord. Ultimately, we know that the person who stood in the gap was our Lord Jesus Christ. But we can follow his example, O Lord, as we continue to plead, Lord, for the salvation of many souls in our community and beyond. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Let me take your seats. When, when there is a gap or a hole or something that needs to be repaired, what do we do? Generally, we fix the hole, we patch it up. If there's a gap in, in this building, of course, the Southern Church will try to fix and repair that gap. Any broken thing, we need to repair it. In our passage this morning, it's very important to, for us to understand that only, I'm not talking only about the fathers or to the fathers, but to all of us. Because in the world that we live in right now, there's a big gap, a big hole that needs to be fixed. And as God's people, Jesus Christ calls all of us to fix that gap, of course, by the power of the Holy Spirit. During the time, in the Old Testament times, especially in the book of Ezekiel, Babylon is prophesied to be coming. And they're going to destroy not only the temple and the kingdom, but also the wall of Jerusalem. Right now, the walls are probably like the Great Wall of China. For all of us, it's like a tourist spot, something that, that we can marvel at. But during those times, walls are very, very important. For what reason? Protection against the enemy. They need walls as their last line of defense against the enemies that are invading. And at this point in time, the nation of Israel is being invaded by Babylon. And the walls are broken. There's a big gap, there's a big hole in that wall. And in our passage, the Lord, Jesus, the Lord God said, I found none. I found, I didn't find any person to fix that gap or that hole. So this morning we're going to look at three important things. First, we're going to look at what does it mean by that phrase, 
standing in the gap. Standing in the gap. In application in the world that we live in right now, there's a big gap or big hole. There's no protection from the enemy who is Satan because of sin and wickedness in the whole world. Sin in the lost world, also sometimes sin in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God is still looking and searching diligently for someone to stand in that gap. No one can stand in that gap except for the Christian, the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. If there is a breach, a hole or a gap, the enemy will just pass through easily. And we need to stand in the gap. So let's look at what does it mean to stand in the gap. Look again at verse 30. There are two important uh, things that were mentioned here. Okay? First, we see that God was seeking for a man okay, among them. He was not seeking for a temporary fix for the wall. He was looking for a man, a person that he created especially a person that he recreated as a new creature among us to fill that gap. The two things here that he mentioned is that he was looking for a man that would make up or should make up the hedge. And the other one is someone who could stop standing the gap before me for the land. So what does it mean by making up the hedge? That making up the hedge is a phrase symbolizing re rebuilding or repairing the wall. Repairing the wall. And standing in the gap is like, you see in this picture, there's a big gap there and someone needs to stand there to deter the enemies that will come in. So he will be the last line of defense. He will fight the enemy. Those are the two important figures that God would like us to remember. So what does it mean by making up the hedge? To repair the wall. When you repair something, you make it like something new. In the spiritual sense, it means leading people to repentance. Repentance. Leading them towards turning away from the sin, their sin, and turning towards the Lord Jesus Christ. During the time of Ezekiel and all the prophets like Jeremiah and Isaiah, people were so sinful and wicked. And if you remember, the number one sin of God's people during that time, and it also right now, is idolatry. Yes, they are worshipping God, but at the same time, they are worshipping the idols made of wood, stone, and so on. In our world right now, idols take a different um, thing for all of us. It's no longer the stones or wood, but now our idols are technology, ourselves, our possessions, it could be this building, or anything else that takes the place of God in our life. Right now, we still have idols. That's why when you look at reality TV shows or those competitions, right? Canadian Idol, American Idol, 
those people who are parading their talents so that they can be worshipped and admired by people. We cringe a little bit. Is that what God wants us? To worship idols and even to make ourselves as idols? Remember the Bible tells us, Thou shalt not make graven images. And we interpret that as, Thou shalt not worship idols in any way, shape, or form. And that's why we need to make up the hedge. We need to lead people into repentance. Let's start to Ezekiel chapter 13. This has been mentioned also in Ezekiel 13 verse 5. Ezekiel 13 verse 5. Ye have not gone up into the gaps. Okay, there's the gap again. Neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. The Lord God was speaking through Ezekiel to the foolish prophets. The prophets, instead of telling them, telling the people that you need to turn away from your idolatry and go back to the Lord God Himself, who chose you as a nation, the foolish prophets are saying, you're okay. If you're worshiping God and you're worshiping your idols, that's good enough. At least you are still worshiping God. In theology, that's what we call syncretism. Mixing the worship of God with the worship of idols. Right now, the popular term is Chrislam. Christianity and Islam, or Christianity and another religion. But remember, God is a jealous God. He does not want us to mix up our faith in Him with the faith of other religions. He does not want us to worship Him and then worship other gods. He said in the first commandment, I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. No gods. Because He is the only God that we need to worship. Because He is the true God. The living God of the Bible. What does it mean by to stand in the gap? To stand in the gap means to intercede, to plead on behalf of the people to God. So this person whom God is looking for is not only leading people to repentance, to turn away from their sinful lifestyle, but also to tell people that you need to have a right fellowship and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. They are the people who intercede. In the Old Testament, these people are called the priests. Right? It's different from the priests of the Catholic faith. Because the priests during the Old Testament times, they offer sacrifices, they offer prayers for God's people. So they are like the mediator okay, between God and His own people. But we can do that also as Christians. Because the Bible says we are a royal priesthood. Right? We are both kings and queens, of course, and priests in the eyes of God. We don't need another person to mediate between us and God. Because we have Jesus Christ already. He is the only mediator between God and man. And we can go directly to Jesus Christ. 
And right now, what is Jesus Christ doing aside from protecting us, keeping us safe, and blessing us? He's up there in heaven, at the right hand of the throne of God, serving as our advocate. Because on the other side, Satan is telling our Heavenly Father, you know, this child of yours is so wicked, he's not perfect, he's still sinful. But on the other side, Jesus Christ is telling our Heavenly Father, yes, they are still sinful because they are not perfect yet, but through my blood, I have redeemed them. They are perfect and righteous before your sight. And that's what we do as God's people. We plead on behalf of the lost world and tell God, God, will you please save them? Save them from the enemy. Save them from being destined to the lake of fire in the very near future. Stand in the gap and make up the hedge. God is still looking for those people, a godly man. But he cannot find anybody. Let's go to Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 5, verses 1 to 6. Jeremiah chapter 5, 1 to 6. Run ye to and fro. Okay? So God is still telling Jeremiah to run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem and see now and go and seek in the broad places thereof. If you can find a man, if there be any that executed judgment, that seeketh the truth, and I will pardon it. And though they say, The Lord liveth, surely they swear falsely. O Lord, are not thine eyes upon the truth? Thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Thou hast consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than a rock, they have refused to return. Therefore I said, Surely they are, they are poor, they are foolish, for they know not the way of the Lord, nor the judgment of their God. I will get me unto the great men, and will speak unto them, for they have known the way of the Lord, and the judgment of their God. But these have altogether broken the yoke, and burst the bonds. So God is telling us here, He Try diligently to search for people who is not perfect, a man who is righteous enough to serve him, but he cannot find anybody. He cannot find anybody. Even among our midst, God cannot find right now any perfectly righteous person who could do these two responsibilities, to lead people to repentance and to intercede on behalf of the lost people. But what is the reason why God wants someone to stand in the gap? Why doesn't he do it himself? Let's go back to Ezekiel 22. The preceding passage, verses 23 to 29, gives us a great insight on what's happening in the world of Ezekiel during the time. And you can see that this is very much similar to what's happening in our world right now. Ezekiel 22 is starting at verse 23. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto her, Thou art the land that is not cleansed, nor rain upon in the day of indignation. So you see here, 
the land talking about the city of Jerusalem it is not cleansed or rained upon that means it is filled with wickedness there's a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof like a roaring lion ravening the prey they have devoured souls they have taken the treasure and precious things they have made her many widows in the midst thereof the people were acting like wild animals brute beasts the bible says you know what how wild animals act they run on instincts right they don't run on common sense or on their own will or choices they run on instinct and these people are like wild animals they're like lions they have devoured souls they've taken treasure and precious things they rob their own people and because of that many widows there were many many widows in the city of jerusalem not only that verse 26 even the priests who were supposed to be doing the responsibility of taking care of the people and praying for them they're the ones violating the word of god verse 26 says her priests have violated my law and have profaned my holy things you know what's happening during the time they're using the sacred things of the of the temple for their own ordinary purposes for example perhaps they're selling some of those vessels to other people so that the priest can have more money on their pockets and not only that instead of teaching them the truth they're teaching them falsehood they would say peace peace but there's no peace they're saying you can be prosperous and at the same time be sinful god will still bless you even if you are disobeying his commands that's what the priests are doing they are neglecting their duty towards god and towards his people not only that 26 they put no difference between the holy and profane neither have they shown difference between the clean and the clean and have hid their eyes from my sabbaths and i am profane among them you know you don't usually hear the word profane that much right right now you probably you say oh it's a profanity but what does it really mean by being profane that means blaspheming our lord god you know we do, we do not only blaspheme the name of god by cursing or by using the name of our lord jesus christ in some uh, surprise emotions or when we're excited but we blaspheme the name of our lord jesus christ when we as christians we tell the world world i am a christian but i'm like acting i'm acting like the world that I live in. That's the worst kind of blasphemy. And the Bible says here in the whole book of Ezekiel, because of you, my people, my name is blasphemed among all the nations. How? They not, do not necessarily take the name of the Lord God, God in vain, but they have acted opposite to what God has intended them to act as believers in the Lord God. And top of the line are the priests. 
instead of telling people this is what you need to do and this is what you don't need to do because this is prohibited by God they're not telling the people of God the truth in verse 27 not only the priests and the prophets but also the princes the leaders the, the civilian leaders what are they doing they are like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls to get this asking these leaders are killing their own people literally there's so much murder just like what i said this morning when in our Sunday school in the book of revelation in the, in the, in the united states there's 1.5 mass shootings every day not once a week but every day what's going on with the world right now people are saying oh this world after the pandemic will get better people will, will become very good and kinder to people but it's not happening actually they're saying that the reason for these mass shootings are mostly mental because of what the pandemic caused the lockdown those vaccine um, requirements and so on and so forth and even children are being affected did you hear about that Uvalde Texas shooting the 19 children and the two teachers that's so gruesome can you imagine one person killing those little kids who still have bright futures ahead of them but God stopped because of this crazy person but we cannot blame that person alone because wickedness resides in the human heart just like what's happening in Israel during this time of Ezekiel they're like ravening wolves they're like roaring lions in the eyes of God and sometimes the leaders are the ones promoting this violence verse 28 the prophets have doped them with untempered mortar seeing vanity and divining lies unto them saying thus saith the lord god with the lord has not spoken that's the worst thing a prophet or a teacher would say this is what the lord told me but then the bible did not say that that's why we need to be watchful we need to take care when someone tells us you know pastor the lord told me a new revelation really really is it in the word of god because right now if you go to youtube or anywhere online many people would share oh this is my vision i had a vision from the lord it may be true but most likely it, it, those are not true why because we as a church as biblicists and fundamental christians we believe in the word of god as the final the complete authority in our life the prophets during the time they are prophesying things that are not in god's word things that god did not tell them to tell the people why do you think those prophets are doing that especially right now their main purpose is not to please god their main purpose is to become popular so that people will be pleased with them and these people are what we call the men pleasers 
But remember, Paul tells the Colossian believers, you serve God not as men pleasers. We are here to serve God as God pleasers. We please God and not men. And because we please God, men, other men, mostly lost, lost people, will not like us. And eventually, they will literally hate us. Right now, uh, I don't know here, because you know, Canada is so much pro-abortion, but in the United States, with the um, uh, revelation of the, uh, the Supreme Court draft decision about the Roe versus Wade abortion case, it seems that that abortion case will be turned around. Many people started protest and rebellion against the Supreme Court justices who voted for against abortion. And they're destroying properties. And sadly, some politicians are encouraging them to do so, to do more things. And there are so many pro-life centers, pregnancy centers being vandalized and destroyed, set on fire sometimes by people. That's why we need to stand in the gap right now, my dear brothers and sisters. There are so many people who are doing these wicked things that God does not like to happen. But it's going to happen. Because Jesus Christ promised his disciples and also all of us, if you follow me, they will hate you. They will persecute you. So don't ever think that persecution will not come, especially in this part of the world, very, very soon. It's coming. You know, John is called, what kind of man? Pride man. And that society, we don't hate them, we love them still, but the enemy is using them to persecute us, to insult us. What can we do? Do we fight back? No. The Bible says, stand in the gap. Plead for those people to get saved. I know there are so many LGBTQ people right now are going back, turning back to the Lord. And praise God for that. Praise God for that. But still, so, there are so many people who have not turned their lives to our Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to keep praying for them. Lead them into repentance. In verse 28, uh, verse 29 here, it says, The people of the land have used oppression, exercised robbery, and have vexed the poor and the needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. Right now, with the global inflation and recession coming soon, what's happening? The poor people and some of the middle class people are affected. But how about the rich? The rich, they don't care about it. They don't care about it. They're not affected by this poverty coming on. Actually, some of them, I'm not generalizing, but some of them are actually taking advantage of the poor people. Can you imagine Ezekiel prophesied about that? That's 500 years ago and it's still happening in the world that we live in. So don't ever think that this world is going to get better. It's getting worse. That's why the Lord God is continually searching for a person who will stand 
in the dark. Now in verse 31, Therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them, I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Why? Why is God so angry towards his people? Their own way have I recompense upon their heads. Their own way. Does it ring a bell? Does it light up something in your brain? Their own way. Isaiah 53, 6. Let's turn to that, please. Remind you. To remind you that lost people are like, we are like these people also, the lost sheep. Isaiah 53, verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Every one of us have turned to his own way. Because for all of us and for the people of Israel, our own way is seemingly the easiest and the most pleasing probably at least on a superficial level. But we know that our own way leads to death. But God's way leads to life. And if we are truly God's people, we are again called to stand in the gap. Tell them that God's way is life. And any other way leads to death. That's our responsibility. Pray for people and point them to our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what are some requirements? You may ask, we need to ask, can I be qualified to stand in the gap? Because here in our passage, the Lord God says, I found none. We all know that ultimately, the person who stood in the gap is our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the perfect example. But we, as his followers, are also given the task to stand in the gap in our community, in our household, in the Philippines, in China, or wherever we are, we are called to stand in the gap. So first, what is the first requirement? The first task that God wants to, for us to do is to lead people to point them to the Lord Jesus Christ. So how can we be qualified? What are some requirements? First and foremost, you need to be saved first, of course. Because if you're not saved, how can you point people to the Lord Jesus Christ? You're saved, you're redeemed by the blood, by faith in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you know that you are a born-again believer. You are forgiven of all your sin. Secondly, after you're forgiven, you are called into the ministry of reconcil reconciliation, 2 Corinthians 5.18. You are called into the ministry of reconciliation. That's what we do as Christians. We are reconciled to God, so it's time for us to share that reconciliation to other people. Forgiven, reconciled, and thirdly, we need to be committed to preaching the gospel. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 9.16. We are called to be committed to preaching the gospel. 1 Corinthians 9.16. Here Paul says to the Corinthian believers, 
For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Did you hear that? Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. It's not only for the preachers, for the pastors, for the leaders of the church, but for all believers. God declares unto this church woes rather than blessings if we do not preach the gospel. Summer attacks coming soon in about three days or so. And there will be sunny weather most of the time. Why don't we go out there? Either, either as a group or individually with your family on the weekends. We have so many gospel trucks in the cover. Those gospel trucks will not be able to lead people to Christ if they are not in their hands. They need to be put into their hands, the hands of the people. They are not there to just stay there in the cowboys. They need to be distributed to people. And if you have an opportunity, tell them what is it all about. Because sometimes we just leave it at the door, right? Okay, here, you go, you read it. What's the person, percentage that they're going to read that gospel track? Most of the time, you will see them in the trash can. So when you have opportunity to talk to them, sit down with them. Or make an appointment, a later appointment. Not only for them to be invited to the church, but to lead them to the Lord Jesus Christ. We are committed to preaching the gospel. That's one of the requirements. Because if you're not committed, how can you stand in the gap? How can you stand in the gap if you don't have that commitment? Sadly, there are some Christians who are just spectators. Oh, I just watch here. I'm just watching a Marvel movie, uh, 3D or 4D or 5D, whatever kind of D would that be. You're just, you're just watching a movie and doing nothing. You're just entertaining yourself. Christians are not entertainers or you're not here to seek pleasure. We are all here in this world to tell people that there's one man who is the mediator between God and all of us and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to tell them the truth. Some of our family members who are still in the old faith back in the Philippines, some of them, they are not aware that these images or statues that they are, you know, they get their handkerchiefs or uh, paper or whatever, they, they wipe the face and the body and then after that, they're going to wipe it over their face or skin and so on and so forth. And hopefully they will, be, they will get healed. Most of them, you know, they don't understand what they're doing. They said, I'm just following with the priest. Are telling us. We're just following their examples. That's what's happening in, in Ezekiel's time. Because the priests and the prophets were their leaders. They just follow the leaders. So it's time for all of us right here, right now to tell those people that their understanding 
of those idols, those statues, and so on and so forth about the world is completely opposite to what the Bible is teaching, teaching us. We need to tell them what the Bible really means. And how can they know who Jesus Christ is if we're not going to tell them? We need to be committed to the preaching of the gospel. Secondly, we plead on their behalf, right? intercede between God and man. How can we intercede between God and man? We need first and foremost to be submissive to God's will. Submissive to God's will about prayer. First Timothy, let's turn to First Timothy chapter 2. First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Take note, this is a commandment by God himself to all of us Christians. First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. That means you pray for everybody. Pray for the people in the government. Pray for Prime Minister Trudeau. Even if you don't like him, pray for him. Pray for his salvation. Pray that he will make wise decisions. Pray for the MPs. Pray for our premier. Pray for our mayor. Pray for our MLAs. Even if you don't like them, pray that they will make wise decisions. And Lord willing, that they also will get saved. Verse 2 says, For kings and for all that are in authority. That's not from me, that's from the word of God. We ought to pray for them. Even Peter, in his epistle, First Peter, he was praying for Nero, Emperor Nero, who was the most wicked emperor, perhaps, because he killed many Christians. But what did he say? Pray for him and submit to his authority. How can we do that if this person is killing our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? North Korea, pray for Kim Jong-un. Pray for Vladimir Putin that they will get saved. That God will turn their hearts. Remember, Proverbs tells us God can control the hearts of the kings, the leaders, those who are in authority. What's the purpose? Why we pray for them? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. So it also benefits all of us if we pray for them. And verse 3 tells us, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So you see the desire of God, even though these leaders are wicked, God wants them to be saved. Who will have all men. He wants as much possible all men to be saved. But of course we understand that not all men will be saved. Just look at the book of Revelation. People despite the disasters and tragedies during the tribulation period will still hang on to what they believe in rather than turn over their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. But still that should not stop us from praying for people. 
Because we have one God and one mediator. We have Jesus Christ. Secondly, after we need to be subservient to God's will. Secondly, we need to follow the examples of men, godly men in the Bible. Follow the examples of godly men in the Bible. For example, in Genesis 18, God revealed to Abraham that he's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. So what did Abraham do? He pled on behalf of, the, of Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, if there will be such and such number of people who are righteous, will you spare Sodom and Gomorrah? The point of that so-called bargain deal with the Lord God is this. We as intercessors are called upon by God to pray for people so that He can spare them from judgment, especially the ultimate judgment in the lake of fire. That's what we need to do. Follow the example of Abraham. Secondly, we need to follow Stephen. Stephen in Acts 7 verse 16, he said, Forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Forgive them of their sins. That's what we need to pray about. Because sometimes we, we hate these wicked people. Oh, I Lord God, please, would you destroy them right here, right now? Because I hate them. That's not what Jesus Christ prayed on the cross, right? What, what is his prayer? Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Imagine Jesus Christ on the cross, tortured, not only by the Roman soldiers, but the Jewish people, his own people, and symbolically by all, symbolically by all of us. But he said, Lord, forgive them. Forgive them. Hebrews 7.25, last, uh, last verse for all of us, Hebrews 7.25. You see here, as I've said a while ago, Jesus Christ is the ultimate mediator and intercessor. Hebrews 7, verse 25. Hebrews 7.25. Wherefore, he is able also, that's Jesus Christ, to save them to the uttermost, okay, completely, that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Jesus Christ is the greatest intercessor. He is the only one who is called the Savior. But we have him. He belongs to us and he and we belong to him. And because of that, we can stand in the gap. We can point people to repentance and faith towards Jesus Christ. We can pray on behalf of these people so that they can also be saved. The Lord is still looking for anyone who is willing to stand in the gap. The main requirement is not all those, not only those things that I've told you, but the most important, I believe, is your willingness, availability. Because even if you have the greatest Bible knowledge in the whole world, you know how to preach the gospel, the ins and outs. But you say, if you said to the Lord God, and He said, who is going to preach the good news on my behalf? And you said, here I am, Lord, but I'm not available. Will you send another person? I pray and hope 
that when God calls us, and of course, God is calling each one of us right now to stand in the gap. Will you say to the Lord God, here am I, send me. I am willing. I may not know everything about the Bible, but I know I have the Holy Spirit living in me, and I can stand in the gap. Point people to the Lord Jesus Christ and pray for them. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you again for reminding us. We know that perhaps we have heard this message before, but you repeat this to each one of us, O Lord, because you want us, Lord, to be willing and to be available to stand in the gap. Help us, Lord, to have the heart, the compassion, and also the commitment to point people to the Lord Jesus Christ, leading them to repentance and faith towards Him. Help us to continually pray for those people who are lost, our family members, relatives, friends, co-workers, and some other strangers that we may meet, O Lord, this coming week. But what is important, Lord, is that we have Jesus Christ, we have the Holy Spirit, who will teach us all the truth and guide our mouth, O Lord, to speak the right words to tell these people. Lord, help us to stand in the gap. There's no other way that the gospel will be preached, but only through your people. So help us, Lord, to be available and willing. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen.